February 17th of 2023, and I'd like to welcome you once again to our Chapter 49 podcast. We try to keep it a weekly podcast. I think this is the first time in a while we've actually had two consecutive weeks of a podcast, just because we've had a variety of things come up, both with Duncan and myself, but we are all all very glad to be together again uh, as we do so on video and audio. Just a word of, of caution here. Uh, we had a, a password crisis with uh, Duncan's YouTube channel. So we now have a like what is essentially a new YouTube channel for Duncan. So if you subscribed to his old YouTube channel, what you're going to need to do is subscribe to the new one. It's very easy to do. All you have to do is ask Duncan to put you on an email list. And to send that email, just send it to nteu49 at aol.com. And Duncan will send you a copy of the new uh, link to his new YouTube channel. And you can put in the uh, subscription there if you want to subscribe on YouTube. We're always on audio. And we send that, uh, Duncan sends that uh, link out every week as well. We welcome Duncan Giles back to our podcast. Good to have you back, Duncan. As always, Larry, good to be here. And uh, what I would uh, like to start off with is I just want everybody to know I had nothing at all to do with those unidentified flying objects uh, hovering over America. I had nothing to do with it. You were one of the suspects. So, yeah, I was a suspect, I suppose, and I'm not an alien. So, uh, in any way, so we can we can set that aside. Uh, that was a very strange. When the president of the United States has to go on TV and say what that these latest ones were not China, and by the way, they're not extraterrestrial either. So we had to say that, I yeah. guess. Yeah, and of course, I'm disappointed. You know, I went through the you know it wasn't advertised, but went through the first ad interview, went through the 12 hour second interview, and in person and just didn't get, you know, just didn't make the cut to be named uh, head coach for the Colts. But, you know, <laughs> I wish uh, Coach Steichen all the luck in the world and I uh, think he'll do a great job. Well, they took their time. I mean, I think that was the longest head coach search, I think, in NFL history as far as anybody knows. So they certainly spent plenty yeah, of time I, and, doing it. And I think I was given different questions than most of the others. Because, yeah, they, you know, from what I've been able to glean from, you know, the different uh, you know, news sources. Nobody else was giving questions like, who are you? Why are you here? And how did you get in here? So, you know, I think I was treated unfairly. I think most of the interviews went five hours. Yours went like five minutes. Is that it? Or uh, As soon as they got security in there, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's let's get to, let's get to business because we have a lot of things to talk about. Just to let you know what we're going to cover today, we're going to talk about testimony from the commissioner designate. We're going to talk about a court ruling on COVID hazardous pay. We're going to talk about Schedule F. We're going to talk about possible pay raise for next year for federal employees. We'll update you on membership cards for NTU members. Talked about that last week. Have more on that. We'll also give you a heads up uh, on your TSP Thrift Savings Plan account to make sure your beneficiaries are listed properly. And finally, if you plan on retiring soon, the latest we have on the backlog. So I think we have plenty to talk about. So let's start off with with the top story, and that is our uh, commissioner-designate. We were hoping he would get uh, confirmed before the end of, of last year, 
the uh, calendar year, but it didn't get done. So now the Senate confirmation process is, is going full speed ahead. He's already testified before the Senate as part of his confirmation process. Uh, did he say anything uh, in that uh, hearing that would be of interest to us? Yeah, he. there were several things. You know, he uh, you know, did say that we needed to improve our technology and, and has several senators from both sides of the aisle said, we need to improve our technology. We need to, you know, make sure we have enough customer service folks, things of that nature. Um, the one thing that he said that really caught my eye that I'm going to take disagreement with him on is when he's talking about uh, the large case uh, reviews that we do, the audits, and we have so many great uh, folks in LB&I, our large business uh folks that audit these returns and take a look at them. His part of his testimony was that we're falling behind and we need to probably hire some people who have experience in doing these types of tax shelters. We need to basically hire them so they can come in and audit basically what they've created. My point is that, you know, we have the folks that absolutely can do that if they're given the opportunity to. We have to remember that so many times the LBNI folks are told, hey, look, this is the issue that you're going to look at. Well, I'd also like to explore this, this, and this because I've seen this. And a lot of times they're pulled back because we don't have the manpower for folks to keep on one particular audit for longer periods of time. So when I hear somebody say, you know, we need to hire experts because our people don't have the necessary knowledge, that kind of thing, uh, to be honest with you, really infuriated me because we absolutely have the people that can do this and are smart enough and have enough knowledge to pinpoint these issues. So I think the uh, commissioner designate was misinformed about those types of things. Let's put it that way. Well, and not only that, but we have good people and we need more of them. I think that's the real issue here. Don't you think that once we have more people and we can as, as an agency, would be able to do more in-depth audits that that would take care of this problem. Absolutely. And it doesn't need to be these people who have created these systems or these, you know, fantastic people that are starting, you know, trying to look for the loopholes. We can get these fine people off the streets or within the organization and promote them from within. Just, you know, we train them up. We have the experienced people mentor them, things of that nature and let them loose. So I, I think that, yeah, hiring is absolutely a priority for every division of the IRS, and we do need to continue to be set up. But we have good people already on the ground that can take care of these types of issues. And I hope that's, uh, if it hasn't been explained to uh, Commissioner-designate Werfel, uh, once he is the commissioner, named commissioner, I'll be more than happy to explain that to him. Well, I'm sure you're the first person he's going to call. Uh, sometimes, you know, Larry, they don't really call me. And for some reason then I have to reach out to them. And, uh, ever since commissioner Rosati, I have never been hesitant about reaching out to a commissioner I think, and, have, uh, to have, their credit, almost all of them will listen. Have you not met? I think every commissioner since Rosati, uh, everyone except one. And that's the one who, uh, didn't exactly listen. And I'm not going to even, uh, dignify his tenure with his name. <laughs> okay. Then we shall leave that aside. So the commissioner is still in the process of, of, uh, of being uh, uh, 
of, of getting his final okay to go go take the job. He'll be confirmed. We hope we don't think he'll be in a problem with the confirmation from what we know now. But uh, we'll keep an eye on that and watch his testimony as that process goes through. I want to talk about COVID? We still talk about COVID, and here's why we're talking about COVID now. There was a recent court case that went before the a federal appeals court about whether or not COVID qualifies for hazardous pay. You know, people get hazardous pay when they're exposed to certain hazards. Is exposure to COVID uh, qualifying for hazardous pay? So what did this appellate court have to say? Yeah, this is one of those issues where this was um, filed on behalf of uh, public safety officials who, uh, you know, had to work during COVID. And NTU filed what's called a uh, a friend of the court brief. Uh, which means that we have an interest in this decision as well, because we have an awful lot of employees who work during COVID in person, the folks in our tax, the folks in uh, our service centers, and all the dozens of other jobs all over the country. And our position was, our legal position was that if you're working, you know, in a public health emergency in which COVID was, that, you know, these folks should, should be entitled to hazardous duty pay. Uh, unfortunately, the Court of Appeals did not take that advice, did not think it was. They thought it was a serious condition, but it did not rise to the legal definition of hazardous duty pay. So they ruled against these folks, which means that we're not going to be able to get hazardous duty pay for the folks who did work during COVID in person. You know, if that's the way the courts are going to interpret the law, maybe we need to change the law. There's there's a really good thought um, because yeah I mean most people who would tell you that if we have to wear masks and we're very concerned about you know catching something a disease especially in the early stages that could definitely lead to death they would think that that would be uh, hazardous and would be constituted as hazardous duty if they had to work in that day in and day out with a chance of catching it so absolutely I think a uh, change in the law would be a good thing. So we'll keep an eye on this. Sometimes other appeals courts have other decisions, although that's where the law stands right now. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that and see if maybe uh, NTU and some other people will get together and see if we can get a change in the law if the courts continue to rule this way. Let's move on to another issue. We've talked about Schedule F many times. And when we say that, let me just explain what that means for people who maybe have forgotten what that's all about. Schedule F really has to do with keeping the civil service, the civil service. The Trump administration wanted to put together a plan to put tens of thousands of people currently under the civil service system, under a system where the president can hire and fire people at will. Now that's the reason we, we have a civil service system is because that system was not very efficient and uh, didn't work well for people uh, looking to the government to, to take care of uh, administering the law and so forth. So uh, there has been a bill introduced, one in the House, one in the Senate, to deal with this whole issue of, issue of, of Schedule F, which the Trump administration tried to implement but never did uh, implement in full. So so tell us a little more about this and, and what's at stake in, in, in this uh, proposed legislation. Yeah, I think you described it very well. The old spoil system 
is the exact reason that the civil service uh, came about. Because, you know, you want these folks in a position where it's non-political doing these jobs. We don't want political folks uh, doing the job of, you know, going out and collecting money, auditing things of that nature because of, you know, we want it to be nonpartisan. We want it to be on its merits, what needs to be done. And if you go into Schedule F, then you're going to be, you know, hiring and firing a lot of people that have been career civil servants that didn't sign up for this that are going to be serving at the whim of a president, regardless of what political stripe they are or what administration it is. And it's just not good sound policy. So we need to make sure that, um, and you know, thankful for the folks who are sponsoring it in the uh, House and in the Senate, and hopefully we can get some more co-sponsors uh, to make sure that this isn't a possibility in the future as it was uh, in the last administration. Yeah, we cannot emphasize enough just how important this issue is. When you mentioned Schedule F, it's like, what's that? And so Schedule F really is a guarantee that the civil service system will continue to function as it has for decades, over a century, in fact. So uh, it's very important that, that we uh, push hard as a union for this legislation, and NTU is very much in favor of it, and we have other people who are partnering with us to to try to push this this legislation through we think it's good for not just civil servants but for the nation as a whole let's move on to another issue uh, one of the biggest issues we ever deal with of course is pay uh, we know that uh, there that the congress is going to soon be looking at the budget for the coming fiscal year which will include the pay raise effective at the beginning of the calendar year for 20 24, um, I, NTEU and, and others who advocate for federal employees are pushing for a large raise next year. Explain what that, what we're, what we're being, what we're pushing as a union as a pay raise for next year and why we are justifying that. Yeah, basically what we have is called the FAIR Act. And this is something that analyzes what federal employees should be getting paid versus private sector counterparts and including you know, inflationary factors, things of that nature. And the figure that has come up um, that has been being tossed around by not just us, but by several in Congress is an 8.7% raise. I can't tell you the number of folks that I heard from, and I'm sure my brethren across the country also heard from, um, you know, that, you know, the raise last year was nice, but it didn't cover inflation. It wasn't close to covering that. You know, Social Security got higher. The... Uh, the FERS and CSRS got higher. Why did we not get higher? Well, that has to be negotiated through Congress. And what we're trying to do is make the case that an 8.7% raise, which is the figure that everyone's talking about, is justified under A, what inflation has been, and B, what folks in the private sector are getting now for comparable jobs as much as they can be comparable with the type of work, the multitude of different types of work that federal employees all across the board do. So it's something that we're pushing for, we're hopeful for. Am I holding my breath that it's going to be an 8.7% raise? No, I'm not. But I think it's. I think it can be justified. I think it uh, is something that is worth pushing for and for folks to talk to their representative or their senators about to make them aware to see what they can do. 
do want to caution people if I can, because uh, there are some people out there who say, well, why shouldn't federal employees have the same system as retirees and have the raise tied to the inflation rate? Well, I'm going to tell you something. That's not always and every year going to be in your favor. For example, I've been retired for well, more than 11 years now. I'm under the CSRS system. But there have been many years during that time where I had either no raise or a very tiny raise, and federal employees got a bigger raise than I did. Now, this was a year where retirees did much better than employees. But I, 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 we've always had a bad experience dealing with the pay issue. Let's go, go back to, I think it was, gosh, when was this? The late 1980s, I think it was. There was a law passed about how a federal employee raises were going to be handled. And guess what? There was a loophole in there saying that the, 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 uh, that whole system could be put on hold if there was an emergency. Well, guess what? Every president has, just, has declared an emergency every single year. Yep. You know, we've had, so we've had an emergency all the time. So, you know, there was a loophole in there, and presidents have used that loophole. So that pay act was never implemented the way it was intended to be implemented. So I think that the, the word of caution, I would say, is NTEU understands what the history is here. And let's make sure that, uh, number one, if we're going to reform the system, let's do it effectively. And number two, uh, maybe put inflation as a component of any, any new uh, system that people may want to put together. But I wouldn't necessarily say that the retiree system is going to be best for employees either. So it's a complicated situation. It's been subject of debate for many, many years. My whole goal is, number one, yes, employees definitely need a better raise in 24 than they got in 23, in my view. But um, <clears throat> on the other hand, let's be careful when uh, the Congress is talking about tinkering with the whole system. I'm, I'm curious what you think about this. I, I, those points are very, very well put. Um, as you said, there have been a lot of years where inflation has been low and federal employees have gotten a higher raise than inflation. So the other part of this is looking at what the private sector uh, employees gets. And a lot of times the comparables uh, are tough to find because there's a lot of apples and oranges because there's things, there are so many jobs that are inherently governmental that don't naturally translate into private sector. But you can, you know, take a look at some and do some adjustments and saying, well, if they're getting this much, you know, they, the government counterparts, we can say that they are counterparts, they should be getting this much. So that should play a part in it as well. So it shouldn't be strictly inflation. But yeah, it's something that needs to be uh, taken a look at. And it, you know, comes down to a lot of times being a political football because, you know, a healthy raise does have a, a quite effect on the budget because of the fact that there are an awful lot of federal employees out there. So that has to be weighed in as well as, um, you know, what, what impact, how much is this going to raise the budget? So there are a whole bunch of factors here, but the main thing is, is to, you know, nobody's going to get rich working for the federal government um, if you're a government employee. So, you know, the people do this. I, I, as a service. I won't say it's a calling, but there are a lot of people who do it as a calling. Um, but as a service, you know, you're doing a service to the public. And we want to make sure that people who do that aren't sacrificing themselves um, monetarily wise. They should be still treated fairly monetarily wise 
for doing something for the public. Well, we'll keep an eye on the whole issue of pay in general and the pay raise for next year in particular and uh, let you know let you know what's going on as we move forward. Let's talk about something else because we talked about this last week. You mentioned that membership cards went out for NTEU members with the wrong expiration date. Last time we talked, all you said was, don't worry, you, you know, we know there's an error. Your, your membership card is still good. But I understand there now is a plan to reissue those cards. What, what do you know about that? Yeah, from what I've heard, and again, for folks who have cards that are expired in 23, January 30th for 23, and saying, oh, my gosh, I'm not a member. Am I not going to be able to get discounts, things of that nature? Right now, you're good. No problems. Um, NTU realized very early on that there was a problem uh, once the cards started coming out um, and apparently didn't get proofed at the printers properly. And so they've made the decision to go ahead and send out new membership cards to everyone with the proper expiration date, which is always good. And those should be coming out in the next 30 days or so. So I would say that hopefully by the around the time of end of March, it's not hard and fast, but hopefully around that time, um, by then you will have new membership cards that will say, you know, these are good until, you know, the end of January of 2024. So in the meantime, don't panic, don't worry. Uh, we're aware of it, NTU's all over it and taking care of it. Okay, so the membership card crisis apparently has been solved. <laughs> Uh, let's uh, let's talk about the thrift savings plan. Uh, there was recently a, a major upgrade to the software that's used to to govern that plan online. It was a there were a lot of glitches. We found something. Uh, NTU's found something, and it's something everyone should take a look at because if you're in the thrift savings plan, you're either still working and you're contributing to it, or you are retired and taking money from it. Uh, you probably uh, filed a paperwork a long time ago in many cases listing the beneficiaries if something happened to you for your thrift savings plan. Well, guess what? We're finding out that some, in some cases, or actually many cases, if you had beneficiaries named before the software change, they may have dropped off as a result of that software change, you go in and check your account, you might find you might find that you had beneficiaries before and now you don't. So I guess the question then is, Duncan, what do you do in a case like that? Yeah, and you're absolutely right. Right now they've got the new app out for the, uh, for the Thrift Savings Plan app. As a matter of fact, I was on it this morning. And, you know, you can go on, check your beneficiaries. It's very easy to do if you have an online account with them. Um, and check to make sure that the people that you want to get, you know, your thrift savings in case, God forbid, anything happens to you is the correct one. And sometimes it's not even uh, so much um, of a fact that there's not anyone there. It could be that these, the people that you had 20 years ago aren't still the people that you know, there should be. They may be deceased or you're no longer with them or whatever the case may be. So it's a great idea to go on there and check to make sure that you do have your proper beneficiaries. And if not, they've got the forms right there to be able to do so you can get this, uh, get it changed and get the money to who you want it to go to. And speaking of retirement, uh, for anyone, and we think there are people who do listen or watch this podcast who are considering retiring soon, the Office of Personnel Management 
uh, continues to have a backlog on these uh, the processing of, of these retirement applications. Just about a month or so ago, uh, it was 85 days to get that processed. Now it's up to 93 days. Uh, so it's it's taking a little bit longer. There are just more of them. I guess more people are retiring. And, of course, OPM's having the same staffing issues that the government and the private sector are running into at this time. So I guess the uh, for those of you thinking about retiring, just be prepared that uh, you may be on a temporary uh, number. You may be paid temporary checks, which are lower than you'll be getting later, maybe for a little bit longer period of time than you counted on. Yeah, the the whole thing with this is plan well ahead. Make sure that you have a nest egg that you can live on until you start getting your regular payments. Because as you said, the folks at OPM, this isn't something where they're dragging their feet or they're trying to, you know, hold everything up. They're just shorthanded. They just can't hire enough people to be able to get this. And our retirement system is still super heavy paper involved. And so that you know, constitutes going from, you know, our our folks here at the IRS to OPM, and you know they have to have everything right here at our place before they can send it. So it just takes time to deal with these paper files, and we want to make sure that everything is right. So just you know, plan accordingly. Make sure that you get you know everything ready in case you know when you're ready to retire. Make sure that you've got that nest egg because you're going to get a diet pension for quite a while, as I like to call it, before you get your regular one. Yes. And the on the flip side is, you know, and I we had a member that did this, and uh, he and I were laughing about this, is he knew when he was going to retire, send in his paperwork, um, you know, because he was going to go at the end of this year. Well, they sent the paperwork back to him, and they said, oh, no, you're way too early. So there's a sweet spot in there between being too late and being too early. Uh, so, so you want to try and you know, hit that 90 to 120 days so that they'll be happy there, can start your paperwork working, but it's not necessarily, um, people do that and say, well, if I put my paperwork in early, they're going to have it adjusted and they're going to be, you know, taking care of it. Not so. The problem is you can rescind your retirement up until the day you retire. So if you decide to go on December 31st, 2023, they will not start processing that paperwork until January the 1st because of the fact that up until December 31st, you can sit there and say, oh, I changed my mind, I'm staying. Well, so, you, and I've seen, people, I've seen people do that. Well, you can be rest assured, I never did that. And most people don't. <laughs> most people are like going, here, take it, I'm leaving, I'm running out the door now. I don't even want to sign this thing. I was ready, um, I was ready to go. Let's just put it that yeah, way. Yeah, but I mean, and, there are, have been people yeah. who have changed their mind, so... Because of that and because of the contractual right they have to change their mind, mm -hmm. they don't start processing that paperwork at IRS until that final date. And then once they get that, then it goes. So even if you submit it early, you're not going to get, um, you know, it's not going to be worked any quicker or any earlier, things of that nature. What it will do is if there are any issues, problems, or something of that nature, they're able to catch it earlier, send it back to you so that when, you know, you are retired, that they... Um, zero errors or defects on it, which is always a good thing. Okay, Duncan, time for your final comment. I just, um, you know, we've just passed Valentine's Day. Now we're into, um, 
you know, the, the type of year where it's, you know, still, still winter or, you know, a little bit warming up. Um, you know, folks, if they don't have somebody on Valentine's day, they can tend to get depressed. The weather's still not great. You know, just remember, you know, we're here for you. And this is, as I always tell people, this is not life. This is work. Enjoy it here. Do your job, work your butt off when you're here, but this is not, life you know enjoy what you have you know if you're working count your blessings if you have a roof over your head count your blessings if you have friends or loved ones spend time with them enjoy it if your mood is down see if they can help you if you you know have serious issues you uh you know we have the ability to through eap to contact counselors that can help you out so don't don't ever feel you're alone and don't feel you know don't let everything get you down and if you're watching or listening to this before President's Day, enjoy your President's Day holiday. If you're watching or listening to this on or after President's Day, hope you have enjoyed that day off. As Duncan Giles said, enjoy your time off. It's You've earned it. It's something that you receive as a federal employee, and you should enjoy that time off that you get. And, you know, it's there for you to try to recharge your battery and and continue to, to do the job that, that you do. And remember, life is more important than just your job, but do pay attention to your job as well. We thank you for watching and listening. We always do this as much as we can weekly. Duncan and I, we enjoy doing this for you, although we take the time and then put in the work to do it, because you choose to watch and you choose to listen. And for that, we thank you. We appreciate all the comments that we receive. If you want to make a comment about the podcast, go to nteu49 at aol.com and shoot an email to Duncan Giles. We always like to hear suggestions, good or bad comments about the work we're doing. In the meantime, please be safe and be kind.